The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Welcome to The Career Confidant, and good afternoon if you are tuning in live. If you're tuning in on a podcast, thanks for downloading. This is your host for The Career Confidant, Marie Zimanoff, and I'm so happy that you've joined us today, and if you've been listening to this show, thank you for following along. We've heard some great feedback that people are getting good information, and just so blessed to be able to share information with you. Today, we're going to be talking about a leadership topic, and if you've been following along, you know that this show is all about giving you the tools your own own career, right, to manage your own path, because as companies start to push that down to you, right, manage your own career, tell us where you want to go, get your own professional development, you're going to need the tools to be able to do that. And so each week here on The Career Confidant, I share my experience helping thousands of professionals advance their careers, and I bring in some industry leaders to provide career intelligence to help you stay ahead of the curve in your career. And if you were listening in last week, we had so much fun. We had Frances Cole Jones in, and she was talking about salary negotiation, whether you are looking to get a raise where you are or job-seeking and interviewing and looking to negotiate salary. And she really gave some great information. So if you didn't get a chance to tune in last week, go ahead and check out that session from last week because it really was some different information and a different approach, which is always great to listen to so that you can pick the strategies that work best for you. So today, as I said, we're going to be talking about a leadership topic And we're going to be talking about kind of the basics of what makes a good leader. And this is based on an article in the Harvard Business Review by Peter Drucker, What Makes an Effective Executive. And whether or not you are an executive now or you want to be in the future, these are things to help advance our own careers. About a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago, we had Susan Whitcomb on with us, and she was talking about how to be promotable, right? How to get that promotion that you want. And a lot of these aspects go into getting that promotion. They also go into just building your career, right? And taking these positive, proactive steps to get where you want to go, or maybe even just be able to stay where you are, right? Because we know that there's so much competition and push. And if we want to be secure, which I I don't know that I believe security exists in our job world today, but if we want to be secure, it's really about being moving forward so that people can see that we're moving forward and being good at where we are so that we are the best at, at where we are. So these eight things that Peter talks about in what makes an effective executive, I really think can be positive for all of us in our careers or even if we're running our own business. So the first one is what needs to be done? What needs to be done? And I think in large organizations, this is even more challenging, right? What's the difference between what you want to do and what needs to be done? And how can you prioritize within the organization? Some of us may have somebody who helps us prioritize, boss, manager, project manager, and those people can be great resources in figuring out what needs to be done. 
And if we're, we are an executive, then we're trying to determine that, right? What needs to be done? What is in the best interest of the company? And how will you figure out what needs to be done? And I think that if you're working and you've got a manager, a project manager, hopefully you have a good relationship with that person and you can ask them to help you prioritize. But I think sometimes we see that as a weakness, right? I should know what the priorities are. And there might be things that you can do to know what the priorities are, right? Attending company meetings, staying abreast on what is important to the company as a whole. And sometimes it's good to ask and even to check with an executive and see, is this the correct priorities? Does this help the organization get where they want to go? I heard this and this and that. So it seems like this would be a, a bigger priority for me. Is that true? And I was talking to some individuals recently who were kind of poo-pooing meetings, right? And meetings can be time wasters. They can definitely get in the way of productivity. And if we know that we're learning information in a meeting that can help us prioritize, can help us connect what we do to the organization, then it may not be the best thing to miss, right? It may be that we need to go to that meeting and set aside the time so that we can learn and be seen and all of those things that Susan talked about, right, to get us moving forward in the organization. Now, if you're an independent person, whether that's working for a company, but you're independent sales rep or remote leader, this can be the most challenging piece. How can you decide what needs to be done as it's connected to the organization? And if you're on your own, how do you prioritize what needs to be done to move you, your organization, your employees forward? And it it goes back to what we were talking about at my first show this year, that 30,000 foot view, right? And are you always in the weeds, in the muck, in the trenches doing? And when do you take the time to sit back to plan as some people will say to business owners, right, to work on the business instead of in it. If you're a leader in any organization, it's important to do that. It's also important to do that if you're an employee so that you can really look at what you're doing and how it aligns with what the organization is doing and make sure that you're doing the right things to move yourself forward. And all of those pieces can be very challenging and very important for us to move forward in any kind of leadership, and really even in being successful in our careers. And you might take that what needs to be done question and apply it to your career. What needs to be done? What is a priority for you to move forward in your career? What training do you need? What skill sets do you need to grow? Who do you need to know? Who do you need to stay in in touch with? And those pieces can be part of your career plan just as much as part of your working plan every day in the organization that you're in. So that's the first thing that Peter talks about to be an effective executive, or let's just say an effective employee, careerist, whatever, is knowing what needs to be done. The first thing is, or the second thing, is applying that to what's important for the organization, right? So we were talking about how that fits into knowing what needs to be done, but really knowing who you need to who you need to get along with and who you're going to talk to to find out what is right for the company. What is right for the company? And you might think, well that's an executive decision. And yeah, that might be true. And the more visibility you have to knowing what's right for the enterprise, to knowing what's right for the organization, the better off you'll be in moving your career forward. So those two things really set the stage. Knowing what needs to be done in your area and knowing how that fits in with what is right for the enterprise. And again, these are bigger picture things that maybe some of us who are used to being a quote-unquote employee don't think about that often, right? We're just doing our job, getting the stuff done, and that's great. And we know in today's career world, 
it's really not enough, no matter what level you're at. You need to be connected to the organization to be able to connect what you do to the organization, and that actually you'll be happier because you can do that. And if you're searching for meaning, right, I have a lot of people who want more meaningful work, your ability to see where the organization's going, to know what's important to the organization, and to tie what you do into that will really help you find meaning in your work no matter where you are, really. If you're in an organization where what's important to them doesn't matter to you, that might be different. But for a lot of people, when they can connect what they do to what the organization does and, and the customers it serves, what it does to help others, then you can find that meaning in your work without maybe even having to make a move because you're connecting to what the organization needs. And of course, the biggest thing about that is that then you'll be connected to where they're going so that you can move with them and hopefully not find yourself in that position of being obsolete, right? Being obsolete to the company because we weren't visible and didn't have visibility to where they were headed. So if you're thinking about how do I stay important, right? How do I stay important? How do I stay stable career that's really the biggest piece of it for me is opening ourselves up a little bit and really being visible and having visibility to where the organization is going so when you get when we get back here after our break we're going to keep talking about these keys to being an effective executive or being an effective career person right career professional and how we can be more effective in our work, therefore helping us be more stable, be more promotable, be less likely to get moved, downsized, all of those things, and be more mobile should those things happen. So we'll be back in just a few minutes, and we're going to keep talking about Peter Drucker's What Makes an Effective Executive and his eight essential actions. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Revez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we are talking about how to be an effective leader. And this isn't just if you're in a leadership position in your organization, right? This is the foundation for moving forward in your career, for getting visibility that you need to do that, and for having the visibility into an organization, industry, whatever it might be, so that you don't get left behind, 
right? To me, this is your career stability. And we've talked about the two foundational parts of that, knowing what needs to be done. So how to prioritize, how to ask for what are priorities, and knowing what is right for the enterprise, the company, where are they going? And that may be set at the at the leadership level if you're not there. And if you're not connected to it, you're not going to feel very purposeful at work. You might feel like you don't belong, like you don't fit, like you don't matter, like you want something where you have more meaning. And guess what? A lot of that can come when we know where the enterprise is going, what's what their goals are, and how we fit into that. So those are the first two eight the first two of eight essential actions in the What Makes an Effective Executive by Peter Drucker, which Harvard Business Review, Ten Must Reads on Leadership. So we're gonna keep going here. Those are kind of the foundational ones. The third one is develop action plans. And so this goes from the 30,000 foot view, right, to how are you actually going to get these things done. And if you're in a a good organization, you'll probably have some opportunity to do that, right? If you have a manager who gives you some flexibility to do that, hopefully no matter what level you're at, you have some opportunity to develop your own action plans and to really think about how am I going to achieve the goals that people are asking, achieve the projects that are on my plate, whatever it might be. And I think lots of the productivity, time management types of wisdom out there talks about writing it down, right? What's your action plan for getting there? What are your deadlines? What are your timelines? Create your own little project management thing right? Don't have to use Microsoft Project. Don't have to make it overly complicated. But what's your action plan? What are your deadlines? How are you going to get there so that you know how you're going to check on your progress, right? And during that action planning, if you can have the end result as clear as possible, it'll be easier to develop the action plan, right? We've talked about SMART goals and you can use the same kinds of ideas with developing an action plan, right? What are you going to do? What's the specific action that you need to take? How will you be measured? How are you going to have it so that it's it's realistic? And then what are your timelines? So that you're going through and really thinking about how you're going to achieve it and And as we're going to get down to here later, you'll be able to communicate it easily as well because you've written it down. So that developing action plans is so important for all of us at work, right? And especially if you're more independent than, than having a manager tell you what to do. And having an action plan can help you be more independent. If you feel like you're getting micromanaged, this may be a great way to develop that action plan and share it so that you have ownership of it and your manager sees that you have the ability to take the proactive steps and and develop that action plan and get it done. The next one, the fourth one here, is take responsibility for decisions. And this is one of the things that leaders typically have to, you know, be where the buck stops And the more I think no matter where you are in an organization, you can take responsibility for your decisions, the better off you'll be. Knowing who's accountable for which things within your organization, so they're the people that you need to work with on those. And when is it really your decision and how can you take responsibility for that, good or bad? How can you take responsibility for your decisions? And how can you show that you are capable of that? Because really that'll be one of the factors in helping you move forward is showing that you can make decisions first, right? And then take responsibility for them. And, you know, when you're in an organization, a large organization, this can be maybe even more challenging Whose really fault is it if a product doesn't get launched or the price is wrong or the market doesn't work out? 
then how can you take responsibility for your parts in that? Because those things will help you improve and improve within the organization. So taking responsibility for those decisions, that can be a hard one, right? None of us like to be wrong. There's one of my favorite books is called The Courageous Leadership, Courage, the Backbone of Leadership. That's it, Courage, the Backbone of Leadership. And it talks about this ability to courageously accept responsibility for our decisions and know that we're going to be wrong, we're going to make mistakes, that things aren't always always going to work out. And yet, if we can take responsibility for those internally, externally, there'll be better results. I'm sure there's times when you've passed the buck or said, made up an excuse, right? And people know that there's opportunity there to do things better. And so they might move on to a different organization or a different person within the organization to get those things done. If we can take responsibility for our decisions and our actions and say, oh, these are some, this is a mistake I made, boy, aren't we much better off. People respect that. They can trust us. They can trust us even to tell them when we did something wrong. And just to throw in here, if you're job seeking and you are interviewing, that's why people ask about a time you've made a mistake, right? When have you made a mistake? Because we want to know that you can take responsibility for it, that you can be accountable for it, and that you can do, do things to make up for it after admitting that you've done that thing wrong. So taking responsibility for those decisions. The next one, our fifth one, is taking responsibility for communication. And this is another hard one for people. Responsibility for communication. And that goes in a few different ways, right? People always talk about, well, how do you manage up, right? How do you manage your manager? Well, a lot of that is you taking responsibility for communicating, right? To proactively tell your manager what you're doing, what you think the priorities are, We're going to get to this in here in a minute, but what the possible solutions might be and taking proactive responsibility for that can help direct your manager into helping you, right? And as we've talked about in these sessions a lot, is that we've also got that responsibility for communicating our goals, our career goals, our aspirations, our strengths, And a lot of that goes into managing up, right? Tell your manager how to manage. Tell them what's important to you. And then, obviously, there's the other direction of our communication to our peers and our subordinates. I don't really like that word. Our peers and our team. He uses subordinates. Our peers and our team. How do we communicate? Are we consistent? Are you one of those people that every day your team wonders who's going to walk in the door, the nice Marie or the mean Marie, right? That consistency will really help you as a leader to make good inroads with your team. If they know what to expect from you in your communication and in in your work style, things will be a lot easier. And how do you deliver that communication? I think this was one of the aha moments I had not to... not too long ago, where someone was saying, you know, I'll ask people what their preferred method of communication is. Do they want me to communicate with them via email or over the phone? Wow, right? Just asking. And if you're job seeking, that can be a perfect thing to do too. What is that person's preferred method of communicating so that you can do that? If you're working with customers, it's pretty easy to figure out what their preferred method is, right? If you call them and they email you, guess what they prefer email? If you email them and they keep calling you, guess what they prefer the phone? Give them a call, pick up the phone. And, you know, avoid some of those stereotypes. They they can be helpful to think, oh, if someone's younger, they prefer this. But pay attention. What do they prefer Just because they're younger, they might like to talk on the phone. They might not want to text, right? Thinking about 
your customers, your internal customers, your peers, your team, and maybe even as you're managing up, what method does make sense? And then how can you work to improve your communication? I would say it's the number one thing that we all can keep working on. How do we communicate better up? How do we communicate better to our manager? How do we help them manage us? How do we be more proactive? How do we talk about our action plan? And then how do we communicate better with our subordinates, peers, and customers? And being proactive in all of that. And that may be the hardest thing, especially if you're an introvert, I think, right? We'll just wait until we absolutely have to communicate. That's probably not the best way to really be able to proactively communicate. And as Peter talks about, take responsibility for communicating. It can really help us be more visible, have more visibility, and have better relationships with the people that that we want to have relationships with at work and also with the people that are going to help us move forward in our careers. So as we're thinking about how can we move forward, right? How can we take control of our career? We've talked about five of these things now, the eight actions, eight essential actions. We've talked about knowing what needs to be done. We've talked about knowing what's right for the enterprise developing action plans, taking responsibility for decisions, and taking responsibility for communicating. This may be the theme of the day, right? Taking responsibility, taking responsibility for our own career, taking responsibility for communicating decisions, developing those action plans. Whew, right? It's a lot of responsibility. And it's up to us to be able to do these things to move our careers forward. So we're going to come back here in just a few minutes, and we're going to keep talking about we've got three more of the eight essential actions to be a good leader and to lead no matter where we are in the organization. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. talking business talk to an expert call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. If you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets, or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And tonight, today, whatever time of day you are listening to this, we are talking about being an effective leader. And 
don't tune out if you're not in a leadership position. I really consider these to be essential things for us to do no matter where we're at in an organization so that we can move forward, so that we can be the person who gets promoted, so we can be the person who maybe gets to stay when there's layoffs, or we can be the person who moves quickly should we need to make that move. So we've talked about knowing what needs to be done, right? Being able to prioritize what's most important in our work, in our career. What do we want, right? And how do we ask if we're in an organization what's most important, what needs to get done? Then knowing what's right for the enterprise, knowing what the company's up to, knowing how to connect ourselves to that. To that. And maybe even bigger picture, if we are in an industry, Knowing where the industry is going and what's right for the industry can help you be more mobile internally and externally. Then we talked about developing action plans and being proactive with that, especially maybe if you're not a leader. How are you creating action plans around what you're going to get done? Are you communicating those? Are you sharing your progress? Do you know what your results are? Right, and this is one of the funny things that I talk to people about. They, they, you gotta love getting married to me because when my husband wants to make a move and he wants help with his resume, I always say, "Well, where's, where's your results? Right? Where's your accomplishments?" And if you can't track those for yourself, it's going to be hard for you to make a case for yourself moving forward. Right? And those are your action plans at work. So just write them down and remember them for yourself too, that you've got your own results for the things that you've done, and you can share those in lots of different ways and be able to share them with your managers. And you've always got those results, the desired results, in mind as you're making those action plans. Makes you right on point, right, with what the organization's looking for. I consider that the difference between taking initiative and being a loose cannon, right? Initiative is taking proactive action to the end that a company is headed in. Being a loose cannon is going doing your own thing because it's what you want to do. And maybe action, but it's not necessarily initiative. Fourth one was taking responsibilities for our decisions. And no matter what level we're at in an organization, that will help us build respect, build accountability, build trust with our team, with our customers, with our leaders, and with all of the people who are going to be touched by us in our careers. That will ultimately really determine how high we go, how far we go in our career. To have that good relationship that we've taken responsibility for decisions, and that we take responsibility for communicating, which is the next one, and in that we build those relationships, which we've talked about many times being the most important thing for our career mobility, stability, those relationships within our industry, within our company, within our network. So the next one here, and and this is a recap of Peter Drucker's "What Makes an Effective Executive" and the eight essential actions. And the sixth one here, no, yeah, sixth one: focus on opportunities rather than problems. And for leaders, that verbiage works right. Focus on opportunities rather than problems. Whatever's going on to benefit the company. What is it that you're learning, right? Or perhaps if you're in less of a leadership role, or even a middle management role, focusing on solutions rather than problems. If you're going to bring something up to your manager, how can you create a solutions approach rather than a problem approach? If you're going to challenge or question. Something. How can you come up with some solutions or proposed ways to do it differently, rather than being the person who's just always saying why it's not going to work? And this is maybe even most important to your team. If you're in a middle management role for you and your team below you, or if you're in a, an individual contributor role, 
to be a good teammate do this to your peers, right? To be able to bring solutions to your team rather than always the problems. And it's just a reframe, right? It's noticing the problem and then figuring out what are some things that you could do differently. And there are certain personality types who tend to see how things could be better first, right? We, and I'm one of them, that we can see how to make it better, And so a lot of it is just that approach that you take and knowing when it matters to do that and when it might be more important that you let somebody do it the way they want to do it because they'll have ownership, motivation, all of the things that come along with doing something when it is your idea, right? And we talked about that a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, when we were talking about Malcolm Gladwell's what got you here won't get you there, right? That if we are always trying to be the one who knows how to get things done, everyone around us doesn't want to work with us anymore, right? Because we all like to be able to do things the way we want to do them. We like to be able to execute our own ideas and have some ownership in the things that we do. So bringing those solutions rather than problems and and really being able to discern when is it important that I point out this problem or doing it as we're moving forward. So not focusing on solutions or opportunities rather than the problem. And some of that, as I'm thinking, might help be also come up with people, right? If a person isn't working in your team, how might you find an opportunity for them to work differently, to do something different, rather than seeing them as a problem and, and putting them in a box, right? Or if we are in an organization where it's hard to necessarily get rid of people, that might be a good thing, right, to really think about how we might use that person's strengths differently and have an opportunity for them rather than seeing them as a problem and giving them that opportunity to do some of the things we were talking about earlier, them take responsibility for communicating, create their own action plans, and if we can develop that person on our team, on our peers or or below us, we might actually be better off. So we've been talking about these things that make one an effective executive. And this next one, running productive meetings. If you're a leader and you feel like you're needing some better facilitation skills for meetings, I would class, right? That is one of the hardest things in an organization and you can lose your people so fast if you have those meetings that aren't focused, productive, purposeful, and moving people forward, giving them information that they need, collaboratively problem solving, whatever it is. And there are lots of different techniques and tools out there now for running meetings, tools for stand-up meetings, tools for all the different ways you can do it that will help you see what works for your team. And if you're doing a lot of phone meetings, you might Look at some specific things around phone meetings and how can you run those better because they are more challenging. People can tune out. People are multitasking. How do you figure out how to get people engaged and what do they really need to be there for and how many people are effective on a phone meeting and looking at all of those pieces for your team to figure out what works for you. And if you're a team, an individual contributor, How can you be better in that meeting, right? How can you be there? And how can you share with your leadership what doesn't in those meetings? And then what kind of follow-up can you help create for your team so that when a meeting is done, people can see that there are actions, they can see that there was some benefit, they can see that the meeting had some tangible outcomes because you do the follow-up, you follow up, and there's some kind of system, right, action plan for moving forward out of that meeting. And going and learning how to be more productive in meetings will probably be great for you if you're a leader of any kind and how to facilitate getting some engagement from your team 
so that you can be that person that everybody wants to move forward, right? Versus that person that people say, oh, you know, it doesn't really listen, doesn't doesn't really have productive meetings, all of those pieces that go into being a promotable leader. And if you're an individual contributor, how can you be the person in that meeting that people see contributing that's not on their phone, that's not not paying attention, right? Just because everybody else might be on their phone doesn't mean that you need to be. doesn't make you look busy, right? If you can be there, be present, give good input, and get something out of it, and then follow up, you might have better results in your overall goals of your career, moving forward, getting promoted, whatever it might be, than if obviously we're we're tuned out multitasking and i i would say that that's my biggest my biggest issue in online and phone things is that i tend to not be able to stay focused and then you're you're in trouble but i've heard a lot about it even in organizations today where people are in person and aren't focused aren't really present aren't really there so working on your presence in meetings can be very helpful as a leader and as an individual contributor. So we'll be back in just a few minutes, and we're going to go through the last effective leadership action. And then we're going to talk a little bit about emotional intelligence here as we close up the show. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. The way we do banking today continues to evolve. No longer is it just brick and mortar locations or traditional bankers hours. Today, banking is 24-7. It's in the home. It's on the go. It's digital. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how traditional banking as we know it has changed due to a loss of trust, changing economic conditions and consumer behavior, government involvement, and, of course, technology. What does it all mean? Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and tonight we are talking about what makes an effective executive uh, article by Peter Drucker and the Harvard Business Review. And we're really talking about how we can use these eight actions that he talks about to improve our career, our visibility, our promotability, and our leadership wherever we're at in an organization. And just to recap here, the seven that we've talked about so far asks what needs to be done asks what's right for the enterprise. Those are the foundation, right? Knowing knowing your where you're going, knowing your direction. Then developing an action plan. Getting down into that weeds, really knowing what we are going to do to accomplish what our results are, what our our hoped planned for results are before we develop those. And then taking responsibility for the decisions that we make taking responsibility for communicating up, down, sideways, and then focusing on opportunities rather than problems, 
or if you're at less of a leadership level, maybe solutions rather than problems, running productive meetings or being productive in meetings. And then the eighth one thinks we rather than I. Are you using a whole bunch of I statements, right? I want to accomplish this. I want to reach this goal. What about the team? Even if you're at the individual contributor level, can you connect yourself to the team and talk about things that we want to accomplish, that collective goal, the, the collective mindset, and really getting everybody to take ownership as a leader and even as a team member. Are you the team member who's always off doing their own thing or are you the team member who's getting the we stuff done, right? Going and getting those projects done that are everybody's important projects. And that kind of goes back to the beginning, right? Knowing what needs to get done, knowing what the an enterprise wants to accomplish, And if we do those things, if we know those things, then we might talk about we, right? That we are working on this and and having that consensus view, that knowledge of what everybody wants to accomplish. And that also will increase trust, right? A lot of these things that we're talking about are in some ways about trust, that I know what everybody wants, or at least I've got everybody in mind as I'm doing my work. Now, I'd say that challenge here is that then when you're in an interview, (laughs) I don't want you to talk about we all the time. I start to wonder if you can do anything on your own, right? And so you're in the organization, you're you're building that team, you're doing things as a team, and then in an interview, you really need to be able to talk about what your part was, what you did, all of those things. And you'll be able to parse that out. And as you're trying to build trust with your team, with your customers, and even as we were talking about last week with the salary negotiation, that we approach can be so powerful. How are we going to accomplish this? Now, if I'm working with a customer, that's a great approach, right? How are we going to work towards what you're looking for? How are we going to solve this problem? That you're sharing ownership, internal, external, all of those pieces can really be more powerful if we're collaborative and collective instead of thinking about I or maybe taking on too much responsibility by always using that I. How do we share can we share in that goal setting? So I want to touch briefly here on emotional intelligence because although these actions are very powerful and very clear and I like that, there are also some pieces around interacting with people that will be helpful to be effective in our work. And we might spend a whole session on that at some point. But I just want to introduce the idea here of emotional intelligence. And and really the idea is, do you have some of the social skills for being able to, to deal with others, right? And they're broken down into several categories depending on the model that you look at but one of the models that I I really like and you can go out and and get this book it's Daniel Goleman it's an emotional intelligence actually it's a survey and it's called emotional intelligence why it can matter more than IQ and then there's a survey that goes along with it and it looks at four areas self-awareness self-management social awareness, and relationship management. And that relationship management piece, obviously, we've talked about a lot. The self-awareness is recognizing and understanding your own emotions and your tendencies. So what is it that you do? How do you tend to react? Because without knowing that, 
you're going to have a hard time changing it, right? So recognizing and understanding your emotions in the moment and how do you do those things over and over again so that you can make change. Self-management, using that awareness to manage your response in different situations. So you've got the awareness, now we're going to manage it. I want to be able to change how I respond depending on the person and make conversation with people, make a better relationship with people, not blow situations out of proportion, whatever it might be that that self-management helps me do. And then the social pieces of that, so that's kind of the personal part, right? My self-awareness, my self-management. And then the social awareness, understanding the perspectives of other people, what are they looking for, what do they need to get meaning how do I know what they, what other people are looking for? That's that social awareness. What's their perspectives? Where are they coming from? We all come from somewhere different, right? We all have a different color of glasses on to use some more of my counseling technology, or sorry, terminology. But if we don't know where other people are coming from, we're going to have a hard time doing the self-management piece, And then the relationship management, using that awareness of our own emotions and others. And I like this, to inspire, influence, and develop others. And with that competency, we can really help execute the eight actions that Peter Drucker is talking about in that Harvard Business Review article. And so if you're wondering what are your scores on those four areas... You can pick up Emotional Intelligence 2.0. It's by Travis Bradbury and Jean Graves. I'll put it up on the blog. But it measures those four areas and really helps you look at where are your gaps and where are your strengths so that you can manage your own emotional intelligence and hopefully increase your emotional intelligence to be able to grow as a leader and to be more effective as a leader. So I hope you're following along at GetCareerSmart.com, and we look forward to having you here every week on The Career Confidant as we continue to go through the skills and tools that you need to advance your own career and take control of your own career direction in today's de-careering world. So we look forward to seeing you right here on The Career Confidant next week. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.